This is a teaching from Grace River Church in O'Fallon, Missouri. Our prayer is that this sermon will help inspire you to take the next step of your faith with Jesus Christ. Hey, what's up? My name is Chris. I want to say thank you so much for checking out Grace River Online at Home. Man, we are in a brand new series called Battle Ready. We're going to be walking through the book of Ephesians uh, in September and October. And so I just say thank you so much for joining us online. My hope and my prayer for you is that you're able to identify and take your next step as you meet, know, and follow Jesus through this teaching. Thanks again for hanging out with us. It means a lot. Have you ever felt powerless in a situation? You ever been in, in, a, in a spot where you're like, man, I just don't know what to do here? Ever been uh, at one of those life intersections where it's like, all right, I have no clue what my next step is. I have no clue. I feel completely powerless uh, to face the battle that I'm up against. And here's the good news is that we are all facing battles. So no matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, every single person that you walk past, every person that you drive past, we're all battling something. I just want you to know that. And so uh, your battle isn't necessarily unique to just you. We're all going through something right now in this moment. And so, in fact, can we do this before we even jump into the teaching? I wanna pray for you right now, and I wanna pray for the battle that you find yourself facing. And so let's do this together right now, I'm gonna pray. Father, I thank you for my friends that are watching online today. I pray for the battles that they're facing. And Lord, we know that you're with us through the battle. So God, I pray that through this sermon series and through this particular sermon, you would help prepare us for the battle, that you would remind us of our identity, who we are in you because of your son, Jesus. Not because of what we've done, not because of our achievements, not because of our accomplishments, but because of what you've achieved uh, by sending your only son to die on a cross for our sins. So God, I pray for the person listening, watching right now, God, that you would, if they feel powerless, uh, up against the situation that they're up against, God, they feel like they're in a battle and they don't know what to do next, God, I pray you would empower them for next steps. It's in Jesus' name that we pray all this. Amen. So in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians was written by the Apostle Paul. Uh, Paul wrote uh, to a church in Ephesus uh, who was struggling with identity. And so uh, that's where we're at here in Ephesians chapter 1. We're actually going to start in verse 19. He says this, he says, He's talking to this church and he says this, I pray that you'll understand the incredible greatness of God's power. I'm going to stop right there. Paul's prayer was that they would understand the incredible power of God. And my prayer for you as I prepared this sermon and as you listen to it is simply that, is that you would understand just how powerful God is. That God is not some cosmic force that spun everything into the motion and then took his hand off of it. That's not who God is. Uh, that, that God is not some distant, dormant, or dead God. That God is a powerful God. And Paul's prayer for us is that we would understand the great power of God. Uh, to those who believe in him, this is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realm. So it's the same power the same power of God that rose Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. And Paul's prayer is that we would understand, recognize that power. Uh, now, he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only, is the war, not only in this world, but also in the world, in the world to come. And then in verse 22, God has put all things... That's, that all things means everything. All things under the authority of Christ and has made him the head over all things 
for the benefit of the church, and the church is his body. It's made of full and complete by Christ who fills everything, who fill all things everywhere with himself. It's all about Christ. It's all about Jesus. And man, I want you to know, nothing changes a life like the power of God. I don't know if you've ever uh, done a, a construction project or any kind of a project around your house or anything like that, and you ha didn't have the right tool. If you're like me, that can be really frustrating, right? Like you, you need a Phillips head screwdriver, but all you can fly, find is flathead screwdrivers. Well, around the time that COVID happened here at the church, uh, we needed to do some landscaping work. And we had some guys in the church that were really bored. And so we decided that we were going to actually work on a flower bed in front of the church. And it was it wasn't just a normal flower bed. It had trees in it. It was a lot of work. So we, uh, we used some tools and we pulled the trees out. Uh, and, but we, what we didn't take into the equation was the fact that the root system would be so difficult to yank out. We thought that we could take care of it with, with shovels by hand. And what we soon realized was we were going to need a bobcat. Uh, and we were going to need something uh, that had some more power to it uh, to be able to accomplish the job. And man, what a world of a difference it made whenever we actually brought one of these bobcats in. Now, I'm actually driving this bobcat, and you can see, actually, uh, this is my friend Eric, and I'm about ready to tip this thing over. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. This bucket is way overhead. Uh, we were trying to clear all this ground out uh, so we could replace the mulch here with some rock, but this is actually a really dangerous photo, uh, and, and I'm, you know, I could have died right here, I think, uh, or definitely wrecked a really expensive piece of equipment. Now there's a new church rule out there that says that I can't get into, into bobcats or any kind of equipment like this because I'm too dangerous with it. But all that being said, though, in all seriousness, this job got incredibly easier. Pulling that root system out, preparing this ground for the rock got a lot easier when we had the right kind of tool. And here's what I want you to know in life. You're facing a battle right now. And oftentimes, we're facing the battle with the wrong kind of tool. We're doing it with our own effort. Right? We're doing it with our own willpower. We're doing it with the wrong kind of friends. We're doing it with the wrong kind of substances. We're doing it with the wrong kinds of people. We're doing it with the wrong kinds of resources. You have everything you need with Christ. The really difficult thing is we have, humanity has figured out a lot of things. I mean, I want you to think about the advancements we've made when it comes to actual natural resources making power. For example, uh, we have figured out how to take the wind and make power out of that. When I'm driving across the state of Kansas uh, to Colorado, I'm always blown away at the gigantic windmills that I see. I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated with the fact that scientists, engineers, they have figured out how to take the wind and make power out of the wind. That's amazing to me. We have figured out with solar panels how to take the sun and generate power from the sun into electricity, into, into power that we can use. That's unbelievable to me. We have even taken, I mean, I hate jellyfish. I don't like going to the Gulf of Mexico for this reason because I oftentimes will get stung by a jellyfish. But they've even taken cursed jellyfish and figured out a way, uh, scientists have figured out a way to, make, to take jellyfish and make energy out of them. I mean, that, that's unbelievable to think that we have figured out how to make power out of these things. But the one thing that we haven't figured out is we haven't figured out the power to raise someone from the dead. And that is the power that God has. God has the power to raise his only son from the grave. And so because God has that power, God also has the power to resurrect dead things in your life. 
And so let's look at the pa- this passage in Romans that talks more about this. It says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives where? In you. So that spirit of God lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. God specializes in bringing dead things to life. In fact, uh, Paul says this in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. He says, Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, he's talking about the fact that these people lived radically changed, radically different lives because of the resurrection. And here's the thing. God can bring dead things back to life. So dead marriages. You may be right now in, a, in what feels like a dead marriage. And I want you to know God can bring that back to life. You may feel dead in your debt. Like, man, you just may feel like, gosh, financially, we are over our heads and I feel dead in my debt. Maybe you feel dead in your past, your past shame, your past guilt, your past regret, and you can just totally feel uh, immersed and dead in your past. Maybe you feel dead in your emotions. You've got anxiety or depression and man, you just feel dead in all of that. And I want you to know, man, you and I have power against all of this because of God's power, not because of our own strength, because of what God has done in and through us, through the person of Jesus Christ. And so, Acts chapter 1, verse 8 actually talks about this power. Um, Luke wrote the book of Acts, uh, and so it's almost like, like Luke, the same disciple that wrote the gospel of Luke, also wrote the book of Acts. And so Luke says this, you'll receive power, and this word power, when it's translated into the original Greek that this was written in, means dynamite. That's how powerful, it's not just like a, a passive power, this isn't like a nightlight power, right? This isn't like uh, the power that uh, you would use, you know, to, to turn on a little fluorescent light bulb. No, this is like the same kind of power that can make an explosion. This is like a, a, a dynamite power. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses telling people everywhere in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth about me. And so two ways I want to give you quickly Two ways that you can exercise this power in your life, the power of God in your life. The first one is this, is you gotta tell somebody about Jesus. One of the greatest ways you can exercise the power that, that God has in your life is to simply tell somebody about Jesus. Man, who is it that you know that just needs to hear the story of Jesus? Man, tell somebody about him. Acts chapter one, verse eight says this. You're gonna receive power. We read this verse a minute ago, but you're gonna receive power when the Holy Spirit comes Upon you, and you'll be my witnesses, telling people everywhere about me in Jerusalem and through Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so, man, would you make a decision to say this? I am going to tell somebody about Jesus. We all know somebody that doesn't know him yet. And, man, you may feel powerless to be able to. Man, I remember the first time I shared my faith with somebody, and, man, it was scary. I completely felt powerless, but, man, there was nothing more rewarding in that moment whenever I was able to share my story, my faith with somebody else. And man, so you're a witness, man. Tell somebody about Jesus. I think this is so crucial and so important. The second step that we all need to take is we all need to come to a place uh, where we say, you know, I also need to be living in a place, not where I'm just telling somebody about Jesus, but I'm living in a place where I feel dependent on him. Look at this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would, I, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. Now, here's what Paul's getting to. He says this, I came to you in weakness. I said this earlier. 
it's important that you live in a place of dependency, relying on Jesus, relying on God. And if he doesn't show up, you're in real trouble. And so a way for you to exercise your faith is to remain dependent on him. The biggest problem we have in Christianity today is this, is we could walk away from our faith and outside of Sunday mornings, our life doesn't look all that much different. So what Paul is trying to encourage believers to do is this, is live, with, live a life with this heavy dependency on him, not on ourselves. He says this, I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling, and my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. Paul came to these people in, in the church of Corinth with weakness because he needed them to see the power of God. And so you may wonder, how could the power of God be shown through me? It starts with you deciding that you're not God. It starts with you just claiming that you're weak, not only claiming that you're weak, but actually living out of your weakness, saying, I am completely dependent on him. Look at this in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 19. Paul also wrote this. He says, don't stifle the Holy Spirit. Don't scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is, what is good. Stay away from every kind, every kind of evil. And so, man, don't do things to stifle the power of God in your life. Stay away from the things that will keep you from trusting and depending in him. And so ultimately, what I need you to hear is this, is that God gives strength to the powerless. I opened up this sermon with asking the question, do you ever feel powerless? And I want you to know that when you answer that question, yes, that's when God gets to show up in your life. I want to close with this passage of scripture and I want you to really consider some of your next steps. But I think the biggest next step that you could consider today is have I came to a place where I came to the end of myself recognizing that I'm powerless without Christ, that without him, I'm really in trouble. Look at this, what the prophet Isaiah writes in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29. He says this, he gives power, that's God. He gives power to the weak and he gives strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They'll soar high on, like eagles. They'll, they'll run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. But here's the, 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 rec, the prerequisite for all this happening is recognizing that you're weak, not trusting in yourself, not trying to save yourself, but trusting in him instead, like verse 31 says. So my question to you today is this, who is your trust in? When you feel powerless, when you don't have the answers, when you don't know what to do next, would you simply say and take a posture of this, God, I am trusting you with what's next in my life. And so would you simply trust him in that? So I don't know what your next step is, but I just wanna encourage you to bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment. And I want you to consider your next step. Maybe your next step is trusting in him. Maybe your next step is simply admitting that you're powerless to face your situations. Or maybe your next step is saying, you know, Chris, I've never actually trusted Jesus as my savior. So right now I'd love to pray for you. If you're in that spot where you would say, Chris, I'm powerless and I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life and I'm ready today to do that. All you have to do is pray. And in that prayer, what you need to do is simply say, God, I'm powerless without you. God, I'm a sinner and I need you. 
God, I believe you sent your only son to come and die in my place. And today, God, I confess you and only you to be my savior. If that's where you're at today, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I'd love to pray for you. God, I thank you for my friends that watched online today. And I pray for every single one of us that we take a, a next step, that you give us clarity on our next step and that we'd have the boldness and the willingness to take the next step. And so God, I, I I'll tell you today, God, we trust you. We are powerless without you. And God, for, for those that need to repent today, I pray they'd repent. And for those that need to receive you today and accept you as Savior, I pray they'd pray this kind of prayer. God, I'm a sinner. And Lord, I recognize that sin separates me from you. But God, I also believe that you sent your only son to come and pay the debt for all of my sin. All my shame, all my guilt, all my regret was nailed to the cross. And God, today I confess with my heart and with my life, you and only you to be the savior of my life. I'm not in charge, you are. And so God, I put all my trust and I withhold nothing from you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray all this, amen. Well, man, if you just prayed that prayer, I would love to celebrate with you. In fact, let me be the first to congratulate you and say, way to go, that's awesome. I celebrate this with you. We'd love to put some resources in your hand. We're not gonna spam you or bother you, but if you could just simply text the word yes to 636-336-2475. That's the word yes to 636-336-2475. We just simply wanna celebrate with you and congratulate you on being battle ready for your life. And so, man, we are powerless Without Jesus, we are powerless to face the battles in our lives. So again, I want to say thank you for watching online today. I hope that you have a great rest of your weekend and a great week ahead. And I can't wait to see you really soon here at Grace River Church. Have an awesome day. Thanks again for listening. We would love to see you at one of our in-person services that meet on Sunday at 8.30, 9.45, and 11 a.m. If you feel so inclined to give, you can do so at www.graceriver.cc. Have a great week.